for our sponsor, Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs. Pet Chat on your pet-friendly radio station, 2NURFM 103.7. Look, it is Wednesday, it is Pet Chat, and it is firstly Cheryl Shaw. Good afternoon, Cheryl. Good afternoon, Mark. Now, look, you've actually brought in a new guest for you, a new member of the Pet Chat team, this very young sort of oh, handsomest-sounding like gentleman. Cheryl, would you like to do some introductions for us, please? I certainly would. Now, today we have with us, um, and I'm very pleased to be able to introduce you to our new vet, Dr Paul McCarthy. Paul is from the... Not Bron- going to forget that name. It's very no, close no. to a famous name, Paul. It, is, it, it has haunted me. <laughs> and Paul is from the Brunker Road Veterinary Clinic at Adamstown. Paul is a highly respected, very knowledgeable and talented and a tremendously interesting and dynamic person. Good Lord. Gee, you're going to have to live up to that, I know, mate, that's, aren't that's, you? That's a big title. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, I'm sure everyone's going to really enjoy listening and talking to Paul and um, he'll be able to give you lots of advice on your love pet. So, welcome aboard, Paul. Thank you very much, Cheryl, and thank you, Mark. Gee, like I said, you have to live up to that, mate. I've been here I about know. five years and all I get is Mark. That's what I get, so. <laughs> and Cheryl, if we, uh, if we don't, uh, if we fill in the time as well. What would you like to talk about this, this, uh, this morning? Let's try afternoon. Afternoon, yeah. yeah. Look, uh, a lot of things happen with this weather that, around this time of the year and we're going to be talking about how the weather can have an impact on your dog's health. Dirty dogs. Love the sound of that, by the way. Those dirty dogs. Oh, All those dirty. pictures coming through. Yeah, well, look, we have had some pictures come through. So basically a great competition. It's a your chance to get your dog a nice... Nice scrub in a tub, basically, with a, a spa pamper from the gang of Dog Overboard, the most experienced dog groomers and canine carers in Newcastle. Now, all folks have to do, Cheryl, is head to 2NURFM.com, click on the Dirty Dogs page and enter their dog, and we'll, we'll be actually talking to our first winner uh, before 1 o'clock, so we're very excited about that. Yes. Mm, and you'll be very excited to get your hand into, hands into nice and nice and dirty dogs. And give them a good rub-a-dub. Mm. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, this morning, uh, this afternoon, it's all about the weather and how that plays a part as well, isn't it? So I'll leave it to our experts to to tail on from there. Excellent. That's we're going you. to we're going to be talking about what the weather can have to do with dogs' ears. Now, Paul, as a vet, you see a lot of dogs with ear problems. Why yeah. do, why do dogs get ear problems? What's the main cause? So there's certainly a combination of causes for ear disease in dogs, and the most two common um, issues are breed type. So dogs that have lop ears versus the dogs that have the nice upright prick ears and the second is the amount of uh, humidity down those canals so the hotter the weather the more humid those ears become and so the environment becomes ideal for almost incubating the bacteria and the fungi that live down those ear canals okay so with with talking about having those ear problems is it um, a particular age that this starts, or is it can it affect any? It, it can actually occur at any time. Okay. So, um, particular breeds, for example, cocker spaniels, um, dogs that have very heavy ears, as you would see in your grooming salon. The the amount of um, weight for those ears just means that the air can't get in and out of those canals very easily, and it's often that um, lack of movement of air, that lack of ventilation, that just makes that environment perfect for the bugs to grow. Yeah, like you were saying, I do see a lot of problems with dogs' ears as well. 
well. I mean, you treat them and I try to prevent some of the things from yes, happening. Yes, of course. So what, are the, um, what I like to do with, say, we're talking about Shih Tzus, Poodles, um, lots of dogs, Maltese. That Correct. Have... The more hairy the ear canal, the yeah. more likely problems will develop. Yeah, and I usually pluck those ears. Now, I know a lot of vets don't like to have ears plucked, but I'm a big believer in um, making sure that that air, like you were saying, can get in and move in the ear canal to help that um, circulation. Absolutely. And so I think you're, you're right, there is a controversy about plucking, but the real goal of any ear maintenance is to get air in and out and wax in and out. Yes. So the body is producing the wax as part of its normal processes, but if that wax clogs that canal and if the air can't regulate the uh, temperature and the, um, the microenvironment within that ear canal, then you are predisposing that ear to infection. Mm. And so plucking certainly, if it's required to make that ear canal open, then go for it. Yep. Cheryl, you mentioned that um, many vets are against plucking. Yep. Um, Paul, why would that be the case? Because it seems that it would help, but what would be the counter-argument there? Yeah, I think that there's a couple of reasons why plucking comes in and out of fashion. The first is often that when clients are trying to pluck their canals, they're taking too big a bite with, those hair, with that hair, and it hurts the ear. The second thing is that often this is a maintenance that's done when the disease is present. And if you've already got an environment that's wrong, if you've already got an ear that's inflamed, then plugging the ear canal, you've, you've closed the, the, the gate after that horse has well and truly bolted. Yeah. So, so plucking is a maintenance regime. It's a way of trying to make sure those ear canals are maintained open. But certainly the, the reason it does go in and out of fashion is because often you create more inflammation from the plucking if that ear is already diseased. And just on that, Mark, it, it is one of those things that um, sometimes in our industry, some people aren't trained very well or have had a lack of training and they don't understand what they're actually doing. And like you said, Paul, they will take too much or be aggressive toward the ear. Yeah. And when you are plucking, it has to be done very gently, lifting the hair, you know, basically rolling it over and, and gently pulling it so that you're not actually um, irritating that membrane of the ear at all because otherwise there will be pain and you could disturb and create a bigger problem. Correct. So, so inflammation is part of that battle. So there's the inflammation in the canal, then there's the secondary bacteria. And as Cheryl was speaking before about that gentle technique, often if you start that technique in dogs when they're very young so that they learn that this is part of their process of the same way they open and close their mouth and they're allowed to have their feet touched if you make it part of a general maintenance for that dog then that fear of having that head that, that, that plucking will stop so certainly a timing issue get them while they're young get them while they're young and yes. also not when when there already is a problem there because it's, it's a waste of time yeah. and potentially a training issue as well people not doing it correctly yeah and the other thing mark with that sometimes it's not just about plucking in the canal of the ears sometimes it's trying to get that air into the ear canal as well and just say like a dog like a cocker spaniel that has very heavy pendulous ears we want to try and get the air to go into those ears so shaving underneath the ears and down the neck of the dog is often another way to try to um, if you like push that air up under the ears and get those canals lots of air movement in there yeah, most ear disease, sadly, is a disease that can, um, in, in some cases, be prevented completely, but managed far better if you recognise your dog is predisposed to having these sorts of conditions. And, Paul, just on that, what would people see would that their dogs have an ear problem? What would be the indicators for Yeah, them? so fortunately dogs can be very demonstrative when they have ear disease. The first, of course, is the classic head shaking. So a dog whose head shaking is often an indicator. The second thing is dogs will pour at their ears. Um, uh, 
good clients will often actually smell the difference. Yes. So there's a very big difference between, as you would know, yes. uh, in, your, in your profession, a clean ear and a dirty ear. Um, and then, of course, lastly, you'll actually see discharge and crusting around the canal and pain on actually touching the ear. And it is very painful for the absolutely. Their life is miserable, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah. know if anyone out there has swimmer's ear, but, but imagine that and multiply it by 10. The, these conditions can be very painful if, if I let to go too far. Yeah, from a groomer's perspective, sometimes I, even before I look in the dog's ear, I can see that it'll have matting where it's been scratching. Yes, and that, exactly. for me, when I turn the ear over, I go, oh, you know, you need to go to your vet, you've got a problem. So going to your vet and following that through, this is another thing, Paul, with treatment. Often um, people can't get that ointment into the dog's ears. Yes, yeah, and we hear that a lot in my profession. And, and it does, again, come back to that training of your puppy initially, but the ear is somewhere that can be examined quite easily, Yes, having them desensitised to that, but also trying to often link a positive with a negative. So if you do have a dog that's head shy, if you give a treat at the same time as you try and treat the ear, then you're linking that positive with the negative experience and often, often that will help mean your, your next application is easier. And, and also making sure that you get onto it earlier. The less painful the ear, the more happy your dog will have, uh, have you treated. But also don't... Um, stop the treatment too soon. One of the common issues we have is that sadly the, the ear does better and the client's happier and the dog's happier um, but they've stopped the treatment before the, the ear infection is going to be completely cleared and so it returns. Yeah and this is a problem I often hear people say oh you know I'll say you need to see the vet with your dog and they'll say oh but I've had ear treatment you know and, and it doesn't work yep, but yep. often it is that they can't either get it in and the, the ointment's going all over the dog Mark you should see them sometimes mm -hmm. like the dirty dog pictures they've got oily ears oily top of the head but none of the ointment's actually gone in yeah, the Yeah a regular grease ball Oh yeah <laughs> and, and if they don't follow through and go back to mm -hmm. their vet even if they think well you know I've got a second appointment should I go back you really do need to go back and get it just cleared. You know, sometimes they yeah. know that they you need to get that second. Uh, and event. often these are we're talking about maintenance rather than cure. Yes. So often people frustrating those skin diseases often are. Um, it is a, often a maintenance situation where the likelihood of recurrence is high, and therefore, if you're looking at those ears on a regular basis, making sure you complete treatment till the ear canal is clear before you stop your therapy, then you are going to make that frustration um, less for yourself and for your dog. And this is where that weather comes back into it, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Summer so is a very big time for ear disease. Um, again, because as we're all feeling it locally, the humidity is high, and therefore that environment down that ear canal is just perfect for, bag, for bugs to yeah. grow. So you think you're just on top of it, and you get that humid weather, and, and then bang up it you flares. Are again. Yeah, Gee, that, that warm, moist part of the year, it's not good for anything, particularly what we're talking about. <laughs> Ears and folds. Two NURFM's Dirty Dogs, Cheryl, and a great prize on offer for this one. Tell us Absolutely. about the prize. We're going to be selecting a dog that's really dirty, and mm. then Dog Overboard is going to give that dog a lovely bath, clean that muck and dirt and debris off the dog, and give it a real spa makeover. And look, you can enter any time at 2NURFM.com and the Dirty Dogs page. Look, we have a winner on the phone, and this is the dog. We've got a picture of it right now. Good afternoon, Kylie, uh, congratulations on winning uh, to NURFM's Dirty Dogs, the first one. Hi, Kylie. Thank Hi, you. Kylie. Hi. Hey, what's your dog's Thanks. name? Isabella. 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 Isabella looks like such a grot in this photo. <laughs> she does. How old is she? She is... Oh, she's eight this year. Oh, okay. And does she often get this dirty? 
No, we just finished building a house and just laid new turf and it had been raining and she got outside and decided that she wasn't impressed with the new turf and wanted to dig it up. So <laughs> All those new smells. I wasn't very happy with her. I can oh, imagine. She just looks so grotty, let me tell you. That is a great photograph and um, well done and I'm looking forward to meeting Isabel and giving her a really good scrub. Thank you, thank you. I'm very excited. I'm sure she will be too. That's lovely. Thank you for entering and I'm certainly enjoying looking at her face and how much mud she's got on it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kylie. I love the comment, too, that Kylie put through uh, with her entry. It says, look, my dad... This is supposedly from the dog, Isabella. My daddy just laid new turf in the backyard and I decided it would be fun to dig it up in the rain. Mummy said, lucky I am super cute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you'd like an entry and a chance to win that great prize, too, uh, head to 2NURFM.com and the Dirty Dogs page, Cheryl. Yep, absolutely. Look forward to looking at more dirty dogs. Mm. And good afternoon, Craig from East Maitland. You've got a question about a dog on, uh, with a mole on its nose. Yeah, he's got a mole on his snout just before his nose and um, only about three or four millimetres high, but I just wonder if there's any way you can remove it without surgery, you know, like any ointments or something you can put on him. So, Craig, uh, can I just go back a step? What, what breed of dog do you have? It's a Doberman. A Doberman, okay. And how long do you think the, the lump's been there for? Uh, probably about uh, six months. Okay. Has it changed in size in that time? It, it looks like it's growing a little bit. Mm. Uh, okay, and are there any other lumps on the dog? Um, this side it looks like there might be another one coming through, like a mole underneath the skin, but so far that's the only one. Sure. So... There, there can be a couple of things that I would I'd be sort of checking with your local vet about this one in that certainly a, a lump that's been there that long that's growing, we'd be a little concerned, may not just be a, a simple infection. Uh, it, it might be something a bit more involved than that. And it would be good to probably have a, a vet have a look at this one just to make sure it's not something like a cancer in that certainly you can get things that look very um, innocuous on the surface You've got a Doberman. They're a breed that are a little bit more prone to certain types of skin tumours, so it would be a good idea, I think, to have this one checked. As far as things topically that you could use to make a difference, then um, certainly if it is inflamed, then corticosteroid-based creams can help with an inflamed area. But if this is a dark pigmented area, I, I would sus be suspicious this might not be something that a cream will remove for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that one, but I, I certainly think with the duration and the breed type, I would get that one checked, my friend. All right, thanks for your help. No problems. Thank you, very, thank, you. thank you very much, Craig, from East Maitland. Hope that was some great advice from Dr. Paul. Is this something that is fairly common um, that you're finding in your practice, Paul? Yeah, so um, lumps in general uh, come in very, very benign and, and sadly very malignant as well. So we always look for breed type as a bit of an indicator and it often more... Certain breeds are more prone to different tumours than others. So, for example, Staffordshire Bull Terriers are more prone to mast cell tumours. Um, and so knowing, knowing the breed type gives you a help. The other thing about lumps is that a lump that 
can look very, very benign um, and sadly have a lot of tumour beneath that one. So we get a bit nervous about noses, mucous membranes, in that those are sort of areas where you can see some of the more insidious um, masses occur. So are there any breeds of dogs, generally, this is a far broader question, I know, that, that pretty much don't have these problems at oh, all? That would be the dream dog. But <laughs> the dream dog. I, I, it's I, I big don't, dog. I don't big think, dog doesn't have those. Yeah, I, well, yes. <laughs> apart from early bedtime, yeah, that's yeah. the only problem he's got. But, yeah, I think, sadly, the, the dream dog isn't out there. But it is often a good idea as, a, as an owner of a breed type is have a research on the internet, have a talk to your vet about some of the conditions your dog is more likely to have than mm. other breeds. And that often gives you a little bit of a heads up for things you should be looking for as your dog ages. Uh, Dr Paul, just in relation to Craig from East Maitland talking a little earlier about the mole on his dog's nose, it's prompted a bit of a broader discussion, hasn't it, about lumps in general and yeah. some spots that on the dogs that are more prone to that? All that That's right. So I think it's important for, for listeners to understand that there are lots of lumps that are going to come up and down your dog and a lot of these will be, be very easy and they will go on their own. But some, some of the areas to be very focused on where a lump appears is things like mucous membranes and noses in particular. So this is particularly important in pale pigmented noses. So if you've got a cat that has a pale pigmented nose and it develops a lump along that nose area, please get that one checked in that they are prone to a type of cancer and they are UV light stimulated. So getting those caught early will mean that you can often make a very big difference. Um, also, that goes for dogs as well. So pale pigmented areas such as the underbelly, so those staffy bull terriers who love to roll over on their back and let their bellies bask in the sun. Um, we see certain um, masses more likely to occur there, like hemangiomas. So certainly looking at your dog on a regular basis checking for those smaller lumps and certainly looking for anything that's growing rapidly, they're good indicators that that might need to be checked. As is in people, the fairer skin is uh, where you need to look. That's correct. We should have all been living in a much less UV light area, mm. um, but yeah, so certainly pigmentation plays a very big role sometimes in the formation of lumps. Cheryl, you found a, a lump on a, a dog in a very odd place, didn't you? I did. Recently? We've been talking about ears and um, there was one time we were doing a dog and we are just cleaning out the ears and I said to my daughter, what's that there? Because I wear glasses, you see, Mark. And um, there it was. Well, so do I now, so thanks, thanks yeah. for bringing that yeah, up. we're all in that category, Cheryl. Yeah, so there it was. It was a polyp and we were able to um, refer the dog on to have that treated at the vet. Well, look, you've answered some calls, you've answered some inquiries and you've, you've done it all this Survived. afternoon. Survived. But you want to keep the cat theme going for a little while now. Sure. So we spoke about the humidity, we spoke about the summer. Um, certainly pale pigmented cats. Now, this is a, a often quite controversial because people always sort of worry about cats being indoor cats. But there is a lot of benefit if you've got a white cat or a cat, certainly if it has a black and white cat with a pink nose, that these are cats that ideally would be indoor cats particularly during the heat of the day um, and ideally even then, uh, even the winter through as well, in that those cats are much more prone to developing um, tumours that are associated with UV light. Now, Cheryl, you're a big fan of keeping cats indoors. You think that's where they should belong, aren't you? Oh, We've they had do this so much before. damage. You know, the mm. wildlife that they... They're hunters. That's what they do. Mm. I mean, I do like cats. And we mm. had a cat turn up at our house last year and we've kept him. And my son now has him. But... Yeah, they need in, They need to be inside. I, I think I can actually outdo you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I've sort of had a, a cat that's basically adopted my home as well. He turned up about six months ago one night and just popped in for half an hour and left again. But in the last, I'd say, last two or three weeks, he turns up every day. Whenever there's yeah. somebody there, he'll turn up and come inside. doesn't really want a lot of interaction, I guess, as most cats don't. 
but he just comes in for a little while and then leaves. Uh, I think we might be part of his little trail. Yeah, so cats actually map out their, mm. their neighbourhood. So if there's not another cat in your space, then this cat's probably claimed it as its own. So I am his human. You are his human. <laughs> 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 I did some investigations, and it turns out that uh, the, the place where he lives across the road and three doors down, they've had the cat's brother visit, and they don't get along so well, and uh-huh. that correlates with the fact that the cat's out visiting other places more. Yeah, yeah. So, so cats are quite territorial. And certainly, even though the cats may be related, that doesn't mean they wish to share their household, uh, as in humans. Um, So certainly it just means that this cat's now feeling a bit snubbed and therefore is looking for some more turf to claim as its own. So he's adopted me more than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on, you love it. My my first best friend was a cat, I've got to say, when I was a really little, little dude. But it's not sort of it's not sort of the in thing for guys to sort of be cat people. So I shouldn't even admit oh, that. Oh no, cats have a new black. You really? It's yeah, changing. Yep, yep, yep. Very macho to have a cat. Um, um, okay, well, I'll like to see the paperwork on that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a fair call. That's a fair call. Um, and and he sort of came in the other night, and it's like, hang on, where's the cat? I want to. Th- there he was sitting on my bed. So I, out we go. Oh, that's not going to happen. He's out really you claimed you. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you've just owned a cat. Oh. <laughs> I think I do. Has <laughs> the cat got a name? Uh, no, no. Oh, that'll be next. Next yeah, week, yeah, you'll tell us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I, think, I suppose a good thing you get to be a pet owner without the responsibility of having the vet bills, the grooming bills, the food bills, because I don't feed the thing, because that would encourage him to, to turn up more. True. Yes, true. Cats will go where there's food. So they yeah. will. They yeah. will. A bit like, bit like us, Paul. Yeah, and, and, and relatives. <laughs> relatives. <laughs> yeah, there's a few people around here that are pretty much the same. Hey, that is us for Pet Chat. Thank you, Paul, for your Pleasure. first one. A big tick. You're, when will we be seeing you next? Uh, I think it's three weeks' time. Oh, that, your first look of well, what, what's going on. I know, I know, yes. When, I think when? it's three weeks' time. And Cheryl Shaw, thank you for your input. You'll be back next week as well. No, I'm not next week. Uh, oh, okay, Danny's yeah. next week. I'm after the week after. And uh, you'll get into that very first uh, dirty dog, which you've got the photo of I there know. now. Isabella, just gorgeous. Uh, and well, we'll be gorgeous. We'll be gorgeous. <laughs> uh, your chance to uh, win a nice scrub and a tub for your dog as well, part of uh, 2NURFM's Dirty Dogs, a free bath and spa treatment. Head to 2NURFM.com for more details and enter your dog this afternoon. Thanks, guys. More Pet Chat next week. Thank, Thank you, very, you much. very much. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.